You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked Out Padres Podcast, which is part of the Locked Out Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, February 18th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapena, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. If you so fancy some Padres-related content on the Bird app, and also subscribe to the show if you want to see my face and the cool shirt that I'm wearing. It's it's a Super Mario shirt, actually. It's hard to tell, kind of, if you're watching right now, but uh, it's, it's a Super Mario shirt. It's really cool. Uh, you can follow me there on Locked On Padres, guys. As always, thank you for making Locked On Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And it's a good episode today, guys. We are going to be talking about the Padres catching situation, both in terms of how they produced in 2021, a little bit in 2020, just how we got to where we are. And looking ahead at Luis Campizano, is he ready? Should he be a guy the Padres can rely on? And should they rely on him? Should they trade him? All sorts of stuff, just an all-in-depth breakdown. Uh, Because I know this is a position that the Padres have struggled with for years, right? Let's start right there. For years, the Padres kind of debate was Francisco Mejia versus Austin Hedges, right? Two guys that at best would not give you a war total uh, above one. Uh, strike that. They would not give you a war total above 0.7 maybe. I, can't, I don't have Austin Hedges' numbers in front of me right now, but basically bottom line is they weren't very good. Francisco Mejia supposedly had like a really short compact swing it just he never got the chances necessarily I know it was a big debate who they should play Austin Hedges was a good um defensive player great at times and then he just had one year where he hit some for power randomly what year was that I'm actually gonna look that up right now probably should have put this down before but Austin Hedges had one year where he randomly figured out how to hit for power I'm actually gonna type that in um just absolutely nuts and now the Padres find themselves in a position where they actually might be able to expect more from their catching position because you know like I said basically for the majority of the Padres tenure since AJ Preller took over they have not had that I'm actually hold on let me find this home run thing really quickly it was 2017 when he hit 18 bombs randomly that was that was very funny shout out Austin Hedges but anyway so now we look ahead to where we are now all right the Padres trade for Austin Nola famously and then they also end up trading for you Darvish which you Darvish's personal catcher is Victor Caratini. So let's talk about those folks right now. Let's start with that. Let's talk about where we are right now, right? Let's start with Austin Dilla and the trade retrospective, right? At the time in 2020, the Padres were elite. They were awesome. One of the best teams in baseball. I actually think one of the four or five best teams, honestly, in baseball, maybe even higher. And they decided, let's try and go for it, albeit in a truncated season. They go for it. They needed a catching uh, upgrade. They needed to be done with this Austin Hedges and uh, Francisco be his situation. So they make the trade for Austin Nola. The trade gave the Padres Austin Nola and Austin Adams, otherwise known as the guy who is a very elite bullpen arm, but literally has hit more players than I think Goku has thrown punches at enemies in the entirety of Dragon Ball Z. That guy is insanely um, ridiculous with his pitches sometimes. And Dan Altavilla, while the Mariners received Ty France, more at him in a second, Taylor Chamel, 
Luis Torrens and Andres Muniz. So the last two names not necessarily freaking you out with some kind of uh, bullpen arms and infielder, but with Ty France there and Taylor Chamel. At the time, Taylor Chamel was actually the highlight of this package. And it's very interesting because now you look at it and Ty France is very much the guy that uh, Padres fans are regretting giving away, especially when you consider what's going on with their current first baseman, uh, who must not be named, situation. Ty France in 2021 had a slash line of 291, 368, 445 with 18 homers. That was all good for a 3.5 F war. And you might be saying, oh, I, well, I mean, could he defend? I mean, he could defend better than the current Padres guy. He had one about out above average, which makes him not an elite defender, but relative to his position, which is what defensive run saves are really good at, he had five, which was tied for fourth among qualified first basemen in 2021. Current Padres first baseman, meanwhile, meanwhile was 18th with minus four. Only Miguel Sano, Anthony Rizzo, and Bobby Dalbeck fared worse. And Bobby Dalbeck, by the way, Oh my God, go watch it play first. It's, it's just unbelievable. That's not a good company to be in. Anthony Rizzo, decent offensive player, doesn't swing at a whole lot of stuff. So he, I know a lot of people have rumored him as a potential Padres first base uh, replacement, but even still, it's not a good company to be in. But we're not talking about first baseman. I'm just saying in terms of how that trade has fed, uh, panned out, uh, what's his face? Ty France has become this unbelievable first baseman. While Austin Nola, meanwhile, only played 56 games in 2021. Albeit a nice a nice slash line, right? 272, 340, 376. He does not hit for power, but that's a solid hitting defensive catcher. He's solid defensively and has better offensive upsides than some of the guys that are ahead of him in stuff like pitch framing and stuff like outs above average. Guys like Zunino. Zunino has power, but he also has that downside where he could hit like 180 for a season. So honestly, who would you rather have? Uh, it's close. It's close. Zunino at his best is better, but anyway. Uh, and then you got guys like Thomas Nito, Max Stassi, Kyle Higashioka. He's better than some of those guys offensively. So in a vacuum, the Padres catching situation isn't terrible. And then you have Victor Caratini, who I mentioned earlier. He is, you know, leaves a lot to be desired, I guess is what it, what it should be said, right? In 2021, he had a very porous uh, slash line overall, which might surprise some Padres fans, but he hit 227 with a 309 on base, 323 slugging, nothing to write home about. And I think the reason that a lot of Padres fans weren't overly upset is because he's a backup. As a backup, Victor Caratini is quite good uh, as a backup catcher for a major league team right now. He catches for you, Darvish. He clearly seems to understand some of the pitchers, uh, at least to a certain degree. He gets along with them. I mean, we had that no-hitter from Joe Musgrove. But I do admit, I think the beginning of his season and a lot of the clutch hits, the walk-off against the Cincinnati Reds, the into a sea of San Diegans, the home opener, the the sort of home opener that they had like later on when fans were allowed back in the stands, I should say. Uh, he had that walk-off early on in the season, big hits against the Dodgers, right? It's actually funny. With uh, two outs and runners in scoring position, Victor Caratini had a 431 on base last year. So he, like I said, he dragged out at bats. He would get you on base and whatnot. Uh, even if he didn't necessarily give you the big hit all the time, he was actually pretty good at clutch situations last year relative to being a backup catcher. And also, if you look at Victor Caratini, um, He's had better seasons before. In 2019, 266, 348, 447. Yeah, with 11 bombs. I don't know if that was just him playing above his head. I don't know if that was the New York Knicks season. For any of my NBA fans out there who know. Just maybe it was an overperform there. But even still, a year before that, uh, 293 on base. So, you know, 
not very good. All right, so it's like the year after that, 333 on base. So maybe there's some room for improvement there. But the bottom line is that in a vacuum, I think the Padres aren't in the worst position that you could be in with a catcher position. The problem is that Austin Nola just does not play. 56 games, guys, in 2021. Victor Caratini was playing catcher way more than he should have been. And yes, his zero war uh, is very concerning. But when you think about it, I mean, he's not the full-time catcher. He wasn't supposed to be the full-time catcher, yet he was tasked with being uh, doing so because Austin Nola could not stay healthy. So that leads everyone to think, what is the amendment for this? What is the thing that can ameliorate all these concerns about the Padres and their unhealthy catching position? Well, there's a couple different directions that the Padres could look into. But before we get into that, before we get into some of the future stuff, guys, I need to talk to you about something that is a guarantee. These things always stay healthy because they make you healthy. You like what I did there? This is the time of the year, guys, that I usually kind of give up on my news resolutions, to be perfectly honest with you. But not this year because Built Bars have helped satiate my appetite, my sweet tooth appetite, guys. They're really great, man. Have you tried the Puffs? They've also got Puffs, the Built Bar Puffs. They're really good and yummy, too. Kind of like Almond Joy vibes a little bit, but better. And what I like about them, check out the macros. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And you are banging. You are killing it. All right? And above all else, all right, they're healthy for you. They're yummy as heck, right? But they have variety. You know what I mean? You don't want to just have a chocolate bar all the time. You want to have white chocolate cookies and cream. You want to have mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, cherry barcia, apple almond crisp, coconut brownie chunk, eggnog. Why the heck not? They've got all sorts of new flavors. They they kind of have that like Ben and Jerry's thing where they just have all these new flavors coming out all the time. They have some Halloween flavors still that you guys could check out. Uh, that's why I like about them the most, guys. But uh, what I like even more than that is because you are listening or watching this pod. Guess what? I have a deal for you. If you go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Remember, guys, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, folks, let's keep it moving. So while the current Padres, uh, you know, I just kind of outlined for you what the current situation is with the Padres kind of catching position, um, I think that one thing that needs to be mentioned is that I don't think that this team is in a dire, dire, dire position when it comes to the catching kind of area, right? I think you could look at teams like the Miami Marlins, who we're going to talk about in just a second. You could look at teams like even the Yankees, to a degree, to a degree. You could look at the Yankees because Gary Sanchez drives their fans insane. Even though he's really not that bad, the Padres would kill for Gary Sanchez, to be perfectly honest with you. Even if he's not you know, great defensively, he does have some good power upside. Um it's it's not a terrible position to be in if Austin Nola was to stay healthy. Problem, of course, is he hasn't stayed healthy. And I think a lot of that is why we've gotten rumors and whether it be literally written in The Athletic, uh, literally written by other reporters, and literally just out there in the, the echo chamber of baseball folk, uh, why the Padres might look to be trading for a potential catcher. And the big name that comes up is Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras is one of the best catchers in all of baseball. Has been very consistent for a while, which is what I love to see um, from a catcher. I love consistency because catchers are a little bit of a fluky, weird position. And I'm going to illustrate that for you in a second for a guy that the Padres actually traded for before the lockout um, came out. But Wilson Contreras, 
um, 16.9 career uh, war, which is, according to baseball reference anyway, which is up there with guys like Salvador Perez, in that range at least. He has not had an on-base percentage lower than 330 since 20, his whole career basically. His lowest was in 2018, but he did manage to knock in some home run and hit for some power. He's got great defensive stats, usually in the top 10 in most areas, whether it be pitch framing, whether it be his popping, um, whether it be like, you know, um, popping to throw the ball and stuff like that, whether it be, you know, throwing out runners. He's been really good, right? And this past season, he was fantastic too. 237 batting average with a 340 on base and 340 slugging, most importantly, with 21 bombs. That's very, very good. Of course, in a vacuum, those aren't numbers to like freak out about. And that's the thing, guys. I don't want the Padres to be trading that many assets for Wilson Contreras because when you just look at his overall value in terms of the offense that the Padres need, it's nice and he's got really great defense, but do you want to be trading for that? I don't know. I think trading for a catcher is is a little tricky because it's just, don't get me wrong, if you're going to trade for one, this is not a bad one to trade for. I mean, Wilson Contreras is pretty freaking good, but I just feel like the assets they'd have to give up wouldn't align so much. If you were to somehow maybe package some Padres prospects, maybe a back-end guy like an Ethan Elliott or a Uribiel Angeles, right? Somebody like that. Plus, maybe if you had to, a Rob Hassel in order to get Contreras and then ship over the Padres' first baseman that they currently have, who must not be named, that could make sense. But I think just in a kind of straight-up trading for this guy, maybe you send over Austin Nola. That's not, you know, maybe you could do that. But in general, I would rather rate for Luis Campizano, who we're going to be talking about in a little bit. But the Padres did make a move. It wasn't a trade for Wilson Contreras, but they did trade for Jorge Alfaro. And a lot of fans have asked me. And by a lot, I mean a few. I'm not trying to act like I'm some, you know, I'm not trying to act like I'm better woods out here and everybody's sending me their takes uh, 24-7 and whatnot. But Jorge Alfaro, all right? A lot of people point out, well, you see, he's got, you know, positional versatility, right? Okay. That's, that is, the problem is that if you just put someone in different positions, everyone technically has positional versatility. If we put the Padres first baseman in left field, then we would be, oh, you could play left field. Jorge Alfaro is not a good left fielder, and it actually shows you the incompetence of the Miami Marlins front office based on everyone I've heard from. I'm friends with a bunch of Marlins people who are following the team and whatnot. He cannot play left field. That was maybe the Marlins trying to just broadcast that he could, even though he really can't. And also, just as a batter, oh, man. Let me read you some just some stats, guys. At one point, highest he had the highest swinging strike percentage among qualified players in Major League Baseball history. 22.1% with the only other players uh, trailing behind him, Alberto Mondesi with 19.6, Willie Mo Pena with 19.4, Javi Baez, who you guys have heard of. You don't you don't want to be in the same stratosphere as Javi Baez when it comes to striking out a lot, especially when you don't have the potential power upside that uh, Javi Baez does. Jimmy Paredes with 17.9% and Russell Brannion with 17.9% round out the top five. And no, not Russell Brandt, not the guy from Get Him to the Greek who's very funny or forgetting Sarah Marshall, not that guy. All right, so he is, um, how do I put this? Not good. Uh, when it comes to striking out, he swings at everything. Outside zone swing stuff. He is just like, Jorge Alfaro just refuses to stop. He refuses to stop swinging. And I know that some people might bring up, you know, at one point in his career, Alfaro led the major leagues. Or I'm sorry. At one point in his career, he had a 3.2 F4, which is pretty solid. In 2018, though, and that was with a 
406 BABIP, so he might have gotten a bit lucky. And even adding more to the slander, people would tag on second with this guy. Tag on second with him in left field, right? And get to third. He can't really play left field, guys. This is just like a, a false advertising thing. Yes, you could actually, maybe you could trot him out there in a jiffy if you had to because your left fielder got stuck on his way to the stadium or is hurt or whatever, but I'd literally rather have, anyway, it would literally have to be he could not make it to the game in order for it to be justifiable, seemingly, for Jorge Alfaro to play left field. Like, whoever ends up being a, a, a Castellanos, whatever, he would have to, the Padres would have to think that they had their left fielder situation straightened out for it to make sense, right? It's just it's just not that good. And at one point in the year, Alfaro, when it comes to catching, led the major leagues in passed balls with nine in 361 innings. For context, the next most was Christian Vasquez of the Red Sox, who had eight. In 658 innings. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have the full stats for you, but that was just at one point. Because, like I said, they started playing in left field a little bit more. But he was a mess. Man. And the Padres traded for him. And I get it. I mentioned that 3.2 F4 season. And the year after that, had a solid year as well. But, like, I just think that Major League Pitching has kind of caught up to him. I mean, yeah, he was able to hit... You know, those 18 home runs in 2019, 10 the year before his best season. But 244, 283, 342 slash line, it's just not going to cut it, man. I mean, he's striking out way too much. He's not walking enough. And I get that the Padres front office has kind of, seemingly anyway, had like a real obsession with this guy. Um, for a long time, apparently he's been very interested, AJ Preller, I mean, and Jorge Alfaro. Maybe they think they could fix him. The Padres did bring on Francisco Cervelli right before the lockout, lockout came um, to fruition and whatnot. And apparently Francisco Cervelli's kind of cool with Jorge Alfaro, so there's a little bit of a connection there. Maybe that's why they're bringing him in and stuff. It's not like an awful move, but Jorge Alfaro should not be seen as an amendment. He's just a backup guy that we're going to trot out there and say, Maybe this will work for a few games. We need some catching depth because Austin Nola cannot stay healthy, right? A combination of, in theory, Victor Caratini and Jorge Alfaro, that's bad. Combination of Austin Nola and Victor Caratini slash um, Jorge Alfaro, not the worst in the world. You can live with that. And the reason I think you can live with that, even though this is a team with championship aspirations, and you might argue that those players, none of them are championship roster type of players for a, a team at catcher, the reason why it's perfectly fine is because of the guy we're going to talk about in just a second, guys. But before we talk about it, before we talk about who the Padres are betting their future on, guys, let me talk about what you should be betting on now. All right? Well, I mean, I don't want to necessarily tell you that, but I want to tell you what app you should be using to bet on all that stuff, guys. Football might be over for the season with the Super Bowl. I hope everybody had a fun time. I ate myself a whole platter worth of Buffalo Wild Wings. It was delicious. But basketball, they're in full steam, guys, for both pro and college hoots. Hoots. Mm. This is what happens when you talk too fast. Crazy. And college hoops, ladies and gentlemen, for all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, news, whatever you want. And it's not just basketball, guys. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and right to Olympic coverage and information. They've got you covered. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ah, oh, man. You know, and the Olympics are all about, you know, 
the future and up and coming athletes. At least I found. No, no, that's actually not true because he's like, uh, ah. I tried to transition there. Didn't work out too well. Didn't work out too well. But guys, I want to talk about the future. And the reason why I think that, in theory, the Padres catcher situation isn't that bad if Austin Noel is healthy is because of Luis Campizano. Luis Campizano is probably a name that most Padres fans are familiar with. But those who aren't, he is a catching prospect who has really ascended over the last few years. I'd say ever since 2020 has hit well in a lot of different areas has basically the makeup of being a really solid, you know, kind of offensive catcher in major league baseball. I mean, if you just pull up his numbers and whatnot too, which I'll get into in a second, but overall, overall his ranking among prospect folk has been really high up there. MLB.com has him at number 37 on their top 100 Keith law, number 67, And I know some people are a little, the prospect community seems to be a little bit torn on Keith Law these days, but even still, number 67, that's nothing to laugh at. Baseball Perspectives has him at number 59. And full disclosure, I am part of Just Baseball, but Just Baseball has him at number 23. And I wanted to read an excerpt that they wrote in their outlook. Uh, Camp Uzano has huge upside. Above average hitters don't grow on trees in today's MLB, especially at the catching position. The 22-year-old has had his development stunted by an over-aggressive desperation call-up to the big leagues, but he has settled back into his rhythm in AAA. If he stays within himself on a consistent basis, we could be looking at a future all-star and a mainstay for years to come as the Padres' starting catcher. It is stuff like that which are why the Padres should not be panicking about their catcher situation, even if they are a team that's built to win now. Luis Campizano is probably going to play a whole bunch this year. Uh, At least I would think, especially with the injuries to Austin Nolan, basically not being able to count on him for too many at-bats, I guess you could say. Uh, So that's what we're kind of looking at. And again, like that outlook mentioned, a lot of people panicked because he came up to the majors and was a little bit of a mess, right? And you know what? Screw it. That's actually an understatement. Uh, His time in 2021 uh, that he played for the Padres, he had a slash line of... Finish eating whatever you're eating, listeners and watchers. All right, you got maybe you got a, a sandwich in front of you. Maybe you're watching at lunch. You got something from Subway, perhaps. That's what I used to do back in school when I was, you know, getting lunch from places and whatnot. Maybe just just make sure because I don't want you guys puking or whatnot. All right, he had a slash line of 88, 184, 88. Yes, uh, Luis Campizano was not one of those guys who got called up and was amazing. You know what I mean? This happens every now and then. This happens where everybody gets excited because there's that one prospect. I think Carlos Correa, right, was like a top-level prospect in baseball, even though he wasn't doing, I don't think, from what I remember, like all that amazing in his minor leagues. He just got there. Then they called him up, and he was just doing great. Almost like he was like, I don't want to try. Just call me up. (laughs) That's kind of the vibe almost that Carlos Correa had, but not with Luis Campizano. He's not that incredible of a prospect. But here's the thing. At the time they called him up, he hadn't played above A-ball, right? He had not played above A-ball. And I think that because of that, you say, man, what were the Padres doing? I know they were desperate. I know they had the Austin Nola injury and they're freaking out because they don't have any catching depth that was available. You know, they end up bringing in Webster Revis a little bit later on in the season. And it was a panic move. But think about that position if you're a major, if you're um, Luis Campizano. I don't really think that it was smart. I would have just had Victor Caratini. I would have found anybody instead of bringing up Campizano and potentially stunting his grope a little bit. 
<clears throat> wow, again, a Freudian, not even Freudian, but just a bad slip up on my part. Growth, stunted his growth for a little bit. Uh, that's basically what happened with the Padres here. They brought him up and he's in situations where he's pinch hitting against the Dodgers. One of the best teams in baseball having, you know, Kenley Jansen throw to him or Joe Kelly or, you know, um, uh, wh- wh- who's that other guy that they have? The Dodgers, that, that reliever that I see popping up with like Trump posts every now and then. What's his name? Blake? No, he was on he was on Oakland. What's that guy's name? Blake Trinan. There we go. Blake Trinan, right? Like the Trump posts. Well, seriously, I, I just see that pop up on my newsfeed. Like just crazy stuff. And he's an elite bullpen pitcher. And you're putting him in these situations where the pressure's through the roof. It's like, do you not have another pitch pinch hitter that you could use? I thought that that was poor managing. And by, by all sides, whether it be by Jace Tingler or be the front office, I think that was poorly done. And in, in some worlds, that could really mess up a catcher. And you could say, what the heck? And then you send him back down, and maybe he doesn't necessarily recover fully. And we're all saying, what the heck? Because these process building up players can be tough. We've seen before that guys can fall up a lo- fall off a little bit if you mess with their time and their, you know, you know, their progress and whatnot. But thankfully, that did not happen. When he went back down to AAA, Kipiazano was raking with a 295, 365, 541 slash line, 15 homers, absolute monster, has a really great build. Maybe not best uh, a defensive catcher. This is not going to be Austin Hedges. He doesn't seem to pan out as a guy who's going to give all that much more in that department. But even still, he's never had really a bad minor league season. He's never had a career, uh, on-base percentage below 340 in single A in 2019, which is when he really uh, kind of vaulted himself up. Kind of an equally identical slash line to AAA. All right? 325, 396, 510. All right. So his slugging actually went up. He had a little bit more pop in his bat and that was in triple A. So it's not like those stats. It's not like he hit like 500 in single A and then fell off dramatically. I mean, bottom line is he's had a great, great uh, slash line and catchers develop really weird is I think a thing that people also have to mention. So on top of that, on top of the Padres risking his development with bringing him up, just in general, the catching position can be weird. You guys can go check out my pod with Lindsey Crosby that I did on Wednesday. It's the last episode. You guys can check that out where we talked about like pitchers. It's like oftentimes it takes a while. Like pitchers develop weird sometimes and in unexpected ways, like Max Fried, who takes a while before finally kind of making his way to the majors, as we talked about with Mackenzie Gore and whatnot. So that's how I kind of feel about this. I think that to kind of summarize, get the full circle, the full picture, you know, we got all the blueprints, you know, they're asking us, we're in the, we're in the draft room. I just rewatched Draft Day, by the way. I don't know. I was bored. The Kevin Costner movie. Not a good movie, but strangely watchable. I don't know what it is. But anyway, you're trying to make... What is your plan of attack? The Padres' plan of attack should be to st- hold steady with the catcher position. I think that they should absolutely be waiting on Campizano. Some people are really, really high on him. And even the Keith Law types, they like him too. There's just some other really great catching prospects out there. Everybody's heard of Adley Rutschman. That might be a rookie of the year contender, right? There's some really good catching prospects out there. But as a guy who could just deliver offense and apparently some good slugging power, unlike Austin Nola, and slugging power is definitely what the Padres need, I don't think that they need to go out there and rush and trade for one of these guys that's on the market, right? Wilson Contreras also becomes a free agent after this season. I don't want to do that. I know that the Padres allegedly are in win-now mode, but to me, I actually have disagreed with a lot of reporters and experts on that. I do think they're in win-now mode, 
But I don't think they're in, oh my god, Los Angeles Rams, we traded all of our draft picks and everything for the next 10 years to win now type of mode. You know what I'm saying? I still think Tatis is young. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, if you get rid of the first baseman, that would be great. Will Myers' contract isn't going to come off the books. They're going to have some new money coming in, and I know Musgrove is going to be free agent, so there's some things to figure out, but like... I just I don't think there is at they're in as win now or die mode as people think. May Machado is still only twenty nine years old. You know what I'm saying? Like they're it's not like he's thirty five, right? And any second now he could fall off like most major league players do. They still have time. So I don't think they're in a position where they have to go out and trade for a guy who would be a rental for one year. Albeit a good rental. Let me be very clear. A good rental. If you could swindle the Cubs and not give too many assets, maybe you send over an Elliot and then send Nola. Like, that's not bad. Like, I would do that, but I don't think that you actually want to give up a lot of assets for Wilson Contreras. I like the Padres catching position that they're in. Hopefully, Austin Nola stays healthy, but otherwise, just got to hope that Luis Campizano is going to come up and be at least a solid contributor or at least a guy who's been more solid than the aforementioned guys. That's kind of how I feel about it. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed my thoughts on the Padres catching position, a position that has haunted them for a while. The, the position that's probably haunted them the second most, at least since I've been a fan, since like 2014 or what have you, uh, 2015 is left field. But aside from that, catching has been a nightmare, guys. It has not been very fun for the Padres and what have you. But nevertheless, still fun to talk about it. And there's still hope, guys. Campizano could be a stud. Um, but yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed that breakdown. Before we kind of uh, wind down this podcast, I want to talk to you guys about the future of what we're going to be doing on this show. But first, really quickly, make your second listen. You made me your first listen. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. In terms of the future of this podcast, guys... A lot of fun stuff coming up, right? Sorry that I missed the posting yesterday, but we're going to be talking about Trent Grisham next week and how much the Padres need him to bounce back. We're going to be doing a crossover with Locked On Yankees about the lockout and stuff because I haven't really talked in depth about the lockout and I'm really cool uh, kind of good buddies with the Locked On Yankees uh, hosts. And I think that that's going to just be a lot of fun as a crossover. We're planning on doing also a whole bunch. I've reached out to some other people so that, that some stuff is still... Uh, still in the works all right there's still some things in the works i guess you could say but i'm also planning on doing um an episode on manny machado i'm planning on doing an episode on cj abrams with Lindsay crosby who was just on we did one on Mackenzie gore we're going to do an episode all on cj abrams that's going to be a lot of fun and arguably the thing i'm the most excited for a podcast on fantasy baseball guys a good friend of mine colby is going to come on to talk about you know all fantasy stuff related to padres players how we feel about them which will translate into real baseball talk but also some fantasy talk you know who's getting underdrafted is grisham a sleeper this year now because of his kind of falling back uh down to not down to earth but just a regression i should say i don't think he fell back down to earth actually but uh we're gonna be talking about trent grisham and all that stuff it's gonna be a blast guys there's still so much good There's so much good. Even though we're in a lockout, I've got you guys covered. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast where you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at at L-O underscore Padres, or subscribe to see my Mario shirt. It's like really hard to see it in the lighting. Because there's like flowers and stars and all this stuff. But it says Super Mario right there. You might be able to see that right now. 
for all my YouTube listeners. And if you can't see it, then go subscribe so you can see my crazy shirts and whatnot that I wear. Uh, and of course, as always, stay safe and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.